good at man. It's great. What are, lot, what are the lot fees like down there? Live. Today, morning with radio. How we doing, folks? Pretty good. I'm just trying to find out how much the lot fees are down where Cole's at. I still think you should move down here, man. There's an apartment available in my complex here, and we can be neighbors. I'm actually going to rent out my buddy's room starting out around January 10th, and I'm going to move to San Diego for about two months. Where is it? It's in Chula Vista. Oh, okay. That's way down there. Now, you want to be in like downtown or like where Listen, I am, right on the beach. It's month to month, and I have to figure out my stuff, but in reality, like, I'm not moving to San Diego for San Diego. I'm moving to San Diego for chunks of water with people and canoes. Yeah, but if you're in Chula Vista, you're still going to be far away from that one spot that you were at where I met you the other day where you were doing the paddling. Yes, I am. But also what I have is that lake, which has all the buoys set up for rowers and Olympians to measure out their distances. So it has the buoys there also. So I can train in that lake every single day at the distance and it's less windy over there which is another factor are you so, talking about at the olympic training facility so at the olympic training facility you remember that big lake behind where you guys competed yeah so that right there is where all the rowers and the kayakers and canoers are training on they have all these buoys that are set up at a hundred meter distance so that you can basically train for the sport oh that's perfect. They, they have that where i'm also doing the training down in san diego but um like over by where your house is but i'll admit having that just as like a private little spot not bad yeah all right that's awesome man let me introduce you guys I, i'm so yeah. bad at this we immediately just start talking and um you know Who's have on? you met ryan like you had to have met yeah. ryan when you went we, to the battle bunker we met in the um uh, the dining hall yep do you guys know that i was so busy that weekend that i i've never even been in that dining hall Really? Oh, really? It was really Dude, good. The food was amazing. Yeah. Everyone was like, yeah, man, the best part of Battle Bunker was actually the dining hall. That's where we all had fun and ate food. And I was like, I was literally pissing out kidney stones from stress, <laughs> and I ate nothing. You guys are all like, oh, hi, Maddie. I'm just going to go to the Triple R now. Now I'm just going to go over here, and I'm going to hang out with all my friends. Yeah, your job for that whole event looks so much worse than what we had. We were just like enjoying it. It was like, dude, it was fun. We're in like, like those uh, the rooms with like the four like rooms in it. So you like four kind of like roommates. We're all just like hanging out and stuff. And I think you were like filling sandbags while we were just all hanging out. Everything. Yeah, it was it was a lot. We are actually designing the next season for Battle Bunker, and Austin's like, let's do this. And I was like, wait a second, dude. Like, do you remember? Yeah. Do you remember? And I'm so grateful. Like, nothing created I, I nothing created more damage psychologically to me than OCR stars. So Battle Bunker is like a thousand tiers underneath that from the level of intensity. Like if being right up against the sun on a daily basis was OCR stars, this is kind of like being near the equator, like kind of it's direct sun. It's hot, but it's not nearly as bad. And the fact that you guys got to have that level of competition and have like the room set up and that beautiful campus for me, that gives me a high. I was pretty pumped about it. That was sick. Like no other competition really had any has had anything like that. So that was fucking, that was awesome. Nothing makes me happier than just waking up on a daily basis and just saying, telling David Watson to go fuck himself. So this was like a big, 
win for me. It's a huge win for me. And the fact that we could take down like a mega million dollar corporation in the quality of product, boom. Um, so today we wanted to bring on Cole Schwartz. Cole Schwartz has been a friend, a competitor, a roommate. Um, now there, I may have picked up another title this weekend, which I won't share privately. Uh, but I think it would be entertaining to kind of go through the arc of your current life. And we're going to not really be professional about this. We always like to have fun. I'm actually going to take off my glasses and my wig. Um, I'm just going to have a good time with you. But I did want to share with you guys that this is our new character for Builder, Dog the Booty Hunter. And we filmed yesterday. We had cans of bear mace. We were driving around with pickup trucks, like pulling over, like, hey, man, get over here. <laughs> it is the best character to date. <laughs> um, and I just want to thank everybody. This hairs in my mouth. Anybody who supported Builder up this far, I'm just going to give you guys an update. Everybody who's actually bought one of these jugs, it's gone towards me buying outfits and um, developing this company and having a good time with it. We are going to have our second product quarter one, and we are going to have two products extra introduced quarter one in Europe. So I just want to say I'm very grateful, and I'm going to take off this wig now. Actually, you know what, Cole? Well, I got your attention. Have you ever actually tried our product? Yeah, I tried it one. You gave it to me one time, I think. So you're one of those friends that's ever actually like never like bought or supported what your friends' dreams are. Like I tried it like a couple of times. I don't know. I like it. Would taste good. That's that's nice. That's decent. <laughs> if you come out with a pre workout, I do like pre workout, and I we think do. that's what you're coming out with next, right? Yeah, dude, it's right here. Okay. How is it different than another? Just quickly, how is it going to be better than like another like pre-workout? So what a lot of people don't understand is a lot of the pre-workouts in the industry and a lot of products in the industry oh, are designed. What the hell was that? Did you hear that? Yeah, it said you were calling me. <laughs> Whoa. Um. A lot of products in the industry are designed for bodybuilders. They're designed in the realm of bodybuilders. They're not designed in the sport, um, in the realm of people that are going to reach like really high heart rates. So I don't know if you've ever like I did that made this mistake very early on um, doing racing. I took a pre-workout when I was in Mexico via de Bravo and I took this pre-workout with like hundreds upon hundreds of milligrams of caffeine and like it was like a Jack 3D type run and mm -hmm. it made my heart almost explode. Like I had to walk during the race at one point. So the things that are designed for you to have tons of vasodilation and a response for bodybuilding is very different from that of what you need to have for doing high intensity workouts for athletes that are doing CrossFit and um, like things like high rocks and OCR and stuff. So that's the difference. We change the volume of what you're going to put in there. Like a bodybuilding, a bodybuilding product will have like citrulline malate and they'll have like five to 7,000 milligrams of citrulline malate, which is valuable. But if you pump that and stack it with beta alanine and everything at that really high level, it can almost make you feel really, really shitty when you're doing a high intensity workout. So in our product, we are doing 200 milligrams of caffeine, 2,500 milligrams of citrulline, 2,500 milligrams of beta alanine, and 25 grams of carbohydrates. 
and you put that all into a drink and you're supposed to take this before. So the carbohydrates are something your body needs and is going to break down during the workout. The citrulline malate and the uh, beta alanine are blood flow things and caffeine is an energy thing. And for somebody who's a little bit bigger like myself and doing more intense workouts, I'll have one to almost even two scoops of it. Okay. So you're going to have like around like 300 milligrams of caffeine essentially. Yeah, you can, you can, we don't think like, I wouldn't give that to somebody who weighs a hundred pounds. I weigh 205 to 210 pounds and I'm going to do workouts that last 90 minutes. If you gave that same amount of volume to a girl who weighs like 110 pounds and like, you know, let's say I decided to give it to Nicole Miracle before she Mm -hmm. went and did a workout, her head would explode. Yeah. So that's what, like a big part of what I don't really understand. Like, I don't think a lot of people in the fitness industry understand is most of the nutritional science and products that are coming out there in the industry are supporting people from bodybuilder standpoints, like all of these things like bucked up and all that kind of stuff. They're bodybuilding companies. They're for athletes like Chris Bumsfeld and like, they're all designed by people that are literally doing then sitting down for like three minutes. Yeah, you're right. So, I think there's only one other company out there that's actually create supplements for endurance athletes that I've heard of, which is like crazy compared to like the thousands that are just for um, just like weightlifting. Well, yeah, I think like so our product right here is designed like scratch. Scratch is a product real quick that it's just 15 to 20 grams of carbohydrates and probably about 500 milligrams of electrolytes combined. We are doing BCAAs because we know that there's so much more muscle work being done with our cl- like people who are doing high rocks and hybrid style training that is your muscles breaking down constantly and you're trying not to get weaker and have more muscle breakdown like endurance athletes don't give a shit about that we focus on BCAAs and mm-hmm. we also focus on having taurine and we also have focusing on having a lot of electrolytes. So we we changed our goals and our nutritional goals to change like to aid people's certain needs. And like most people, when I ask them, I'm like, Hey, what's in your drink? They're like, Oh, I like uh scratch or I like tailwind. I'm like, well, do you know why you like it? You're like, well, I know um, Jim Wamsley takes it. I know that uh, Courtney DeWalter likes it. And I was like, well, do you know the difference of what you do versus they do? And nobody really puts these things together. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Um, it's a, uh, it, to me, I geek out on this stuff. Yeah. And the harder thing is, is like the most confusing thing to me. And I'll end on this is, is element element T. Uh, do you know that yeah. product? Yeah. yeah it's just the electrolyte um, little packet things. Yes. I think that's great. The fact that people think that this is the new super drink that is going to get you to the finish line faster blows my mind. Yeah. Because it doesn't actually fuel you at all. Like you can't put five element packets. Like eventually you're going, it it doesn't have anything to aid the direction of what you're going in. It's just going to stop you from the process of like potentially cramping. And if that's the issue, so be it. But as far as like performance wise, it's not really a, a metric, but it's, I mean, I heard that they, after after all expenses made thirty million dollars last year. Damn. Okay. Yeah. So maybe you guys should invest in salt. Yeah, I want to try the pre workout that you make. That sounds interesting. Yeah. All right. So I went down a rant, and um, I think it'd be. I want to kind of just keep on starting to rack around, but 
Cold Daddy, I'm going to start out as early as where you were born, and I also want to get to know um, more about Dom. Okay. I was born in Asheville, uh, North Carolina. You were? Yeah. Why the hell did you guys leave that place? That place is a miracle. Um, my dad worked for North Face growing up and then he got fired after like when I was like two. So, um, we moved to California and like my mom had, had like went on, went on like a backpacking trip. Well, not a backpacking trip, but she like biked from, I think from like Washington all the way down to Mexico. And she stopped in this like tiny little town on the coast, um, Mendocino. And she's like, oh, I want to live there. So we moved to this like tiny town. It's, a uh, three hours north of San Francisco. And um, I lived there until I, like, I guess like I was in like fourth grade and then we moved down to the Bay area. So like just outside San Francisco area. Are your parents up in the Northern point now? Um, well, they moved down and then they recently moved back. Like just before COVID they moved back. So now, um, yeah, they live up there. Just kind of like, is that where you do? Is that where you do all your OCR training up there? Um, I did for the last like two weeks leading up to the battle bunker race that I just did. Um, cause we have like, uh, I just got my dad an assault bike there and then we have like a rope climb, like a rig. So it's like a e- really good spot for like setting up like high intensity, like little like obstacle course race things. I'm not going to lie. I completely live through my dad's home gym and my brother's home gym. So like I will manipulate them into buying things that I think is necessary for me. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that's sick. Like, you like this rower? I'm like, yeah, this rower is going to be great for you. <laughs> well, my dad just got knee surgery, so he, like, can't do much. And then I was at my gym in San Diego, and they got new assault bikes. So I went and asked. And I was like, hey, what are you guys doing with these old ones? Because they were still, like, pretty nice. And they're like, we'll sell you one for 100 bucks." And I'm like, deal. That's so, um, deal. yeah. And it's, like, it's tiny bit rusted, but it still works great. So I put it in the car, and then for Thanksgiving, I brought it up to my parents drove it up to my parents house and now he's got like a nice bike and he's like super pumped about it dude i'm telling you guys right now we just pulled a ton of stuff out of our gym here i was trying to find um a building to rent in crestline mm-hmm. none of them are that great of deals and then i talked to the storage facility company and they're letting me rent out one of their larger rooms and just turn it into <laughs> a gym they don't give a shit is there electricity uh i mean we can get electricity to it if we want to really run a cord but i don't need it i have one of those treadmills with i have a curve runner treadmill i have a squat rack i have a skier a rower and i have all the weights you could ever want okay but what about like a light no dude you just open the door it's not like a dark ass room it's on the outside so like you know if you look over here do you see that door right there like all the natural lights coming through Okay. Okay. So it has, um, so you're not going to use it. Like, I don't know, you wake up so early and you like to work out like super early in the morning. So it's for like use, use during the day. It's like normal people out. 8 a.m. 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Yeah, I know. You wake up like 4 a.m. So I'm just thinking like, you have to wait a few hours before you can get in there. You know, I've actually changed my life a little bit since you and I lived together. Now that I have a business to run, like I have all this super hardcore mental focus first thing in the morning. I wake up and I get as much work done as possible. You can ask Ryan. Like Ryan will start to get emails from me at like 4 a.m. I actually texted you last night, Ryan, at like 12 o'clock at night. Yeah. Um, so I start working around 4 a.m. And I work for about two to three hours and I can get everything done. Um, and so then all of a sudden when the gym opens up at 8, uh, I'm good to go. Yeah, I, it, it was an email, but there wasn't any 
content. It was just a subject line. But anyway, nice. we'll go through that later. Is that, <laughs> nice. is that, is that what Hunter sends these emails? Does he start writing on the subject and then sends yeah. it? I could totally see that. <laughs> Quicker. Yep. Yeah. I did an attachment. You guys want to know something weird? Uh, totally off topic. I did not sleep well last night. And then I had nightmares. I kept on waking up and looking at this door and thinking someone was coming in. And you know when you have like that, that sleep paralysis? Like when you're like trying to get out of bed out of your dream and you're like looking at it and I kept on staring at the door and the door is like a darker door against a white paint so you can see the doors back here it started to kind of turn into a figure of a body and I was I was rip shit pissed like I was I could not I could not go to sleep but next to my bed I got this axe right here so he was fucked if yeah I don't know um so sorry we went in totally different topic but that's just what we do here so you were born and raised in Northern California, and I mean, you. When was your first obstacle course race? Because it had to have been pretty young. Yeah, yeah. So I, so I ran cross country and track throughout high school, and then I just gotten off my senior year of track, and I ran like a four thirty mile, and then I saw there was not like, bad. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good enough to like get on a team. Like you needed to be in like the four low four twenties to right under four twenty to like get on like a college team. Um, but then I saw that there was like, I kept getting those ads, you know, for the Spartan race. So I did the one at the giants ballpark, you know, like the stadium race. And I finished sixth place at like 9,000 people. And I don't know. I was like, that was pretty cool. And then basically just kept thinking about it and then went and did the Montana race, which was like nine months later, finished like in 30th place. And then, uh, came back the next year and finished fourth behind like Ian Hosek, Matt Kempson, I think Austin. Those were like the rugged OGs of obstacle course racing. Yeah. And that was in that Montana course too, was like the most rugged thing ever. We were running and we were just like looking for like little bits of tape through like the forest. And that's how you knew you were on the path. Like there was no, um, that was the course marking, which is like these tiny bits of tape every like 20 to 50 feet. How old were you at the time? Uh, I guess I was 19. I guess my first one, I was 18. And then... And then, like, when I really started running, like, more races and stuff, I was, like, 19, 20. When you got into it, I'm talking about, like, 18-year-old Cole. Yeah. Were you looking at the professional side of things? Were you, like, already looking up and being, like, oh, that's Hunter McIntyre and that's, uh, you know, Hobie Call. Like, were you doing that or was was it so flimsy you didn't even know those people existed? I didn't know you existed until probably, like, my, like, fourth or fifth race. So probably, like, that would have been, like – 20 late 2015 maybe early 2016 um somewhere around that time like i didn't really i didn't realize there was any like professionals i just saw i didn't and i didn't realize there was like a like an elite series like i went to montana i saw like a bunch of people like running fast and stuff and i didn't know that like they were part of like a series (laughs) yeah it was ghetto as fuck and there was tv cameras like it was one of the nbc races that um and yeah, I just didn't really know what was happening. I was like, all right, I guess there's like people like getting filmed. And I think, um, and then like, I think it was like Matt Novakovich was on my flight and he sat next to us and we talked to him and then him and like Christmas Abbott were like on our flight. So I was like, okay, I guess there's something going on here. Those are two of the older, crazier and pervy people that ever have <laughs> entered the sport. <laughs> like if there's two people you're like, you're like, hey, like you're like your ch- children are interested in the sport, you'd be like, don't talk to those two people. 
No, I'm just kidding. Christmas is great. Matt's a fucking weirdo. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I have it right here in my notes. I said you were a bright star around 2016. That's when I first started to hear about you. And Matt and I had already, I think, been roommates. Um, we had been roommates when I first found out about you, and that was probably that that um, what was it, the Montana event that you guys competed mm-hmm. against each other. Did you beat him or no? Uh, no, I never beat. Um, not even Matt there. It's really interesting. So you started to take off, and we were all starting to take off, and then around the same time, we all exited. Yeah, we all exited. And at what point for you did you realize that you were not really going to focus on this? Because I think it all hit us at the same time. I think, okay, so like 2017, I did like 25 obstacle course races. I was basically just trying to do as much as I can. I think I was on like 17 or 18 podiums. Like I was just like doing as much as I possibly could. And then I think it was 2018 is you're going broke. Yeah. While going on podiums. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, we doing all like the the um the battle frog I, don't know, I think i finished pretty high in their series won a couple thousand bucks there so I kept it going there and then um uh and then tmx came out in like 2017 2017 so then 1.0 no i didn't do the first one but then i like heard about it, so i went to train for it and then we did the sacramento race and then from there, it was just a focus just on TMX. Yeah. So you now leave college. Now, when does this, uh, this is always an interesting conversation for me because I had to do this. When did you have to tell your parents that you're going to pursue this at a high level and what were their words? Um, well, and then right after college, then I went and moved in with Matt and Ryan over in Cape Cod for the summer. Dude, that was so much fun. We have to tell some of these stories. Yeah, you should. I wish you were there for more of it. Um, so I moved over there, and um, my parents were supportive of it. Like, um, yeah, no, they were they were, they were cool with it. So we had just finished. It had to have been the. Well, no, 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 no. You were living at Cape Cod leading up to the 2018 TMX Championships, correct? No, no, no. No, I was uh, – no, it was just after the championship. You moved there after TMX 2018? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because okay. the, the TMX was like two weeks before I graduated college, and then I left like the week after I graduated college and moved in with Matt and Ryan. How did you finish at TMX? Um, Horrible. Let's hear some I, details. Come on. I didn't make it through the, like, so there was like, um, there was open semifinals and then finals on well, the day of the championship. So basically there would be three heats to get to the finals and I didn't make it through the first one. You didn't. It was, I, I honestly think like I, my body just <laughs> did not function. And I think I like heat stroke or something. Like I've never felt that terrible. I got to the sandbag cause, um, it was basically you get to near the finish was sandbag and you did five cleans uh five shoulder overhead and then i think he like picked up the sandbag and threw it over like a wall like five times or something and i just couldn't even move the thing and like i'd been practicing everything was going good and when i finished this race i couldn't even stand up like i felt like i was like peeing all over myself like it was it was terrible it was a brutally hard race do you want to tell people what happened that night at the after party i think we want to know 
Let's hear it. Colt, do you want me to tell her or do you want yourself is, to is tell her? Is this where the Cold Daddy nickname came through? I think so. Uh, I, I didn't write cold, cold Daddy. But. What? Cold Daddy? I don't even know how I came up with Cold Daddy, but Cold Daddy is a sick name. I got him to change his Instagram handle to Cold Daddy for like a day, and he got a thousand followers. I was like, if, if you guys go. follow him, he'll keep his name as Cold Daddy. And then he broke his bond with us. He broke his promise and his trust in this bond. And you broke that. It's more and like five back followers, to but... whatever. So we go to the after party, and we are we we finished this all day competition in the hot sun everybody's hands are bleeding like skin's peeling off we the humidity it was so intense and like you know we were tra- training and competing at such an intense level like everybody was chronically dehydrated so we immediately got to this pa- after party house and we started drinking like crazy like off the charts hard so the de- the match of uh like matching dehydration with a ton of chronic alcohol use just makes you it's even always a good mix drunk. Mm-hmm. So we're at the house and everybody's, it's just like, it's 90, 90% guys and two girls. Um, and it just, it like, you know, obviously when there's no girls around, like the tension switches from like, Hey, what babe am I going to get to like, how much can I fuck up my friend? Like we're yeah. just going to get rowdy. At one point we were waterboarding people, Um, like it was just crazy and it was one of my favorite nights to date. Um, but we're outside and we're all taking a piss outside. There's like three of us peeing outside. I jump up on a picnic table and I'm peeing off the picnic table for some reason. And Cole decides to turn and starts pissing on my feet. (laughs) Now Cole is obviously below me. So like you understand like the difference in height here. So I'm just look at Cole and I just turn my stream onto him and Cole. I just start pissing all over Cole. And now Cole does not recognize what's going on. It takes him about like uh, several seconds. And then he snaps into it and he's like, ah! and just bolts <laughs> off into the darkness. And it was one of these kind of things like, you know, like the battle stories, like don't ever charge like an uphill, like the uphill has the advantage. And like, and if you're going uphill, there's no way you're going to beat the uphill strength bunker. That was me. I was the uphill strength bunker, and he decided to charge me unprepared, and he got his ass handed to him. Yeah, it was, poor, your- it was a poor strategy. Poor strategy. There was a lot of poor decisions that happened that night. Yeah. So now you've lost TMX, and you've got pee all over yourself. What mm. was the? Well, we then we went to um, then we went to Cape Cod and. What's am I saying? Matt's brother is such a a jerk. He would not let us stay in the house when we visited. Yep. With stories we were, like that, I can't imagine why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were not we were a rambunctious group, but it, we were not a bad group. We're not the kind of people that would like trash a house, put holes in the wall, any of that kind of stuff. Matt's brother is just a tough cookie. Mm-hmm. Um so we were banished to the woods. We lived in the woods for a week now. Now, there's a couple stories that are my favorite part of this living in the woods. Part one is we found that Cole had a, like a, like, you know, those like Dr. Pimple Popper videos. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cole had like a lump on his back that was probably about the size of a quarter. Mm. And 
we're in the woods, and I don't even know if we were drinking at this point. I think we just decided that Matt and I decided that this had to go. Mm-hmm. And we had like a dirty box cutter. <laughs> and we burnt the tip of it for a while, which I don't think is enough to really prevent staph infection or whatever else could have been picked up out there. We literally just cut your back open. And I've never seen more bodily fluid come out of somebody. It, it was like a gunshot wound. Yeah, I think I'm, I was traumatized. Yeah, because was it the actual pus and gush that you see on the Dr. Pimple Popper videos? It was like a tapioca pudding. Okay. Was there blood? I can't remember because I couldn't see it. Not much. Okay. It was just this custard coming out yeah. of your back. And you wonder, like, you're like, oh, man, I wonder what it's going to be like. I've seen these videos on the internet. And now, for some reason, you were crazy enough to let us crazies do surgery on you with a box cutter. And it needed to go, apparently. It, it was foul. And yeah. for, so now there's this next gap. Wait, wait, I, I, one more time when we were there, um, that same trip, um, I almost thought you were going to die because we swam across this lake and there was oh this rope swing. And like, this is one of actually the, probably the first times we'd hung out for like an extended period of time. And I was just like, and you start, you're like, Oh, let's, you wanted us to boost you up this tree. Cause the first, um, the first limb was probably like 15, 12 to 15 feet up. So we would have to, you have to be on our shoulders to get to it. And then you start climbing this tree, you get up and you're on like the tiniest branches and you, you got up to like, probably like 40 feet and then it was on a hillside so if you fell you would have not just the tree but you would have fallen down and and hit the ground and like i was i was so sure it was gonna break and you were just gonna die right in front of us and i was like this guy is insane and i don't know if you like just are like really confident at like climbing trees or something but i just remember like that and i was just like like this, this guy's such an idiot. Like, why is he climbing this tree? Like, this is not worth it for what is happening right now. Well, we had to build a rope swing, which was clutch, mm-hmm. which was clutch, which is always more important than your life. And, and it was fun. if I hopefully one of these days I can get some of like my old um, like elementary school friends on here, like my mom. Mm-hmm. And you will get mm-hmm. to know something about me as I spent probably between the age of five and the age of 20 more time climbing trees than almost anybody else in the world. Like mm-hmm. I spent all my time climbing trees all the way up until my, uh, my, I was 18 years old. I would, we went to the baseball, um, uh, high school baseball fields and we, we cut all the nets out of the, um, out of the cages and mm-hmm. we took them into trees and we pound them into the, we pound them into trees and we build like like cargo net cities up in the trees. And we didn't have like these are the trees that didn't have branches on them. So you had to like bear hug your way up and you'd climb up and we build like forts and everything. I was a really good tree climber. Now I'm too fat. Um, I probably need to lose some weight to be as good as I used to be. But yeah, man, like I don't know. That's how I grew up. That's why I got this cabin in the woods because I don't want to lose that Peter Pan mindset. Like we were actually, when we first bought this house, we were going to build um, uh, a tree fort up in the trees called the crow's nest. No girls mm-hmm. allowed, obviously. Okay. And <laughs> basic stuff, <laughs> basic stuff. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was fantastic. And that rope swing that we built was insane. 
Yeah, I know. I went off it and it was terrifying. I like it. it you were barely, the first person to do it. Yeah, barely cleared the water, almost landed straight in the dirt. It was, yeah, it was terrible, but it was actually pretty fun. You ever see like, Ryan, you ever see those people that are like doing the squirrel suits and they like come, they do what's called proximity flying and they like come like this close and get out? Mm -hmm. That's exactly what this swing was like. It came down and out so close to the ground to the point where like if his foot touches, it will shatter his bone because he's mm -hmm. going so fast and then it just picks up and launches you like an extra 20 30 feet in the air because of the, like wow. the severity of the curve mm. so i climbed the tree so that cole could do the swing yeah appreciate it so now this is where everything falls apart now this has happened to us multiple times and since you were um doing the same sport as me it makes sense to you tmx collapses tough yeah. water also collapses shortly there afterwards um what was it like now all of a sudden not having direction and like shortly thereafter, I think we moved into a house in Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was about the same time. Like literally when tough Mudder X got canceled was like when we moved into the house. So, and the plan was just to train for that. Um, so that kind of sucked. So then we just kind of, me and Matt just pivoted and started running just like Spartan stadium races, which I like wasn't that into, but it was like the only thing around at the time. And then um, we couldn't really train with you because you were training for CrossFit. So you were basically just on the floor, usually just kind of like grunting and trying to stretch. But you're not very good at stretching. You just kind of like lie there and grunt all the time. Uh, so, yeah, we just kind of focused on that. And it like it was um, that whole season, which is kind of like it was kind of boring until High Rocks came around. And that was the end of 2019. Were we roommates at that point? Um, I just before that, yeah, like it was just before that, like probably a couple months before High Rocks is when we stopped being roommates. And this is when Cold Daddy formed. So this is when your alter ego came about, and we were so living you in were this. In the, you, you guys were all roommates at the Boulder House, yeah. Yep, dude, we all had right. a blast. Like. Everyone kind of had a girlfriend. You had just found a girlfriend. You fell in love pretty quick, by the way. That girl swooped you up. You just disappeared. Yeah, you got to be careful. Matt <laughs> and I still were, were living the Peter Pan lifestyle where, like, there was girls, like, there was Wendy that would come and visit us, but we didn't want Wendy to, mm -hmm. you know, basically break down our, our system here. So let's just say those two girls that we were dating, we are no longer dating. Um. That had to have been one of the wilder times of just uh, like those dares. Like every single day we were daring ourselves to do something. Cold Daddy lost so many bets. I actually, I also like, I wanted to offer Cole a job. He wouldn't take it. I was offering Cole because he was working at like a boxing company. Weren't you boxing up? Um, <laughs> you were boxing up um, rock climbing holds and mailing them yes. out every single day. And what were you making? Like $12 an hour or something ridiculous? Yeah. I wanted to pay Cole the same amount of money out every single day to stay home with me. But every single time I asked Cole to do something, he had to do it because I'm his boss. Okay. And Cole would have been my first ever employee, but he turned it down. And I still think you made a mistake to this day. I, I, I don't think I made a mistake. What are you talking about? I mean, <laughs> you, you'd probably be more Instagram famous than me. I think about it. All the crazy stuff that we were doing when we were living, uh, Matt and I were living in Durango, then we got this house. If we had been filming ourselves YouTube style, like all these guys did um, 
like the Paul brothers and everything like that, I, I guarantee we'd have millions of followers because the yeah, weird shit that we did every single day. Yeah, you had, uh, I think at one point Matt was like in the tree naked and you were like shooting him with the pellet gun for like, I think you had like 30 seconds because he, I can't remember what he lost. He lost something. So he didn't. He, he lost a bet. He, he lost so, a bet, and the loser of the bet had to climb a tree and eat a piece of a pumpkin naked. Oh, this yeah, is a, was. this was high risk, high reward bets going yeah. on. Yeah, huh? this is in a neighborhood with children. There was like it, there was tons of stuff, but if you lost a bet, you had to pay up. So climbing up the tree in the backyard where the whole neighborhood could see you naked, and then having to eat a piece of a pumpkin of a smashed pumpkin that we had in our front yard was a solid punishment yeah <laughs> but i'm telling you i i'm so disappointed because there were some people in my ear telling me like hunter you have to become more professional like you need to have more of this like clean cut james bond thing like you got to stop being so ridiculous all the time no way nike's gonna sponsor you or like these other people stop putting like ridiculous content out there now I've come back full circle and I don't really give a shit what anybody thinks. And I'm just posting the most ridiculous stuff that I can. And it's been some more of the more successful adventures that we've had. So we effed up. Like I'll put it to you this way. Logan Paul is selling like hundreds of millions of prime bottles around the world. And they used to like stick dildos on each other's foreheads. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I still think you should make videos like, Nick Simmons and um, uh, like Austin too. I feel like those kind of videos and stuff you do like great at. Well, we're thinking about starting like, you know, like the Woodsman series where we're going to bring people out to Crestline and we'll have like a thousand dollar prize for the day Yeah, across a couple of events. So you could win like $200 at each event but they're going to be like ridiculously hard, like wood style events. And you can compete against me or you're competing against other people in the group, but like what kind of events like, like you got to chop this piece of wood and you yeah, ax throwing stump, um, stump climbing, start a fire, like all of these things. Like I, I have these books that I like, you know, it's ridiculous. I have this book called the handy book for boys. It sounds very provocative <laughs> <That's> so- <laughs> and it's just ridiculous. But like my, I got this thing when I was a kid and now you look through and you're like, damn, these are all really cool things. You could either challenge yourself to do or other people to do like how to make a fire really quickly, how to make a bow and arrow real quick and shoot a target, like all of these kind of things and basically put people up against these tests. Mm-hmm. And I personally like, I love Austin's content. I like Nick Simmons content, but you don't need another person like me doing that kind of stuff. Like I want to do the hunter style thing. And I love being in the woods and doing weird shit. Yeah. I think you can put your kind of like um, style to it, but I don't know. I feel like you need like a general concept just so people like initially click on the video. Yeah. Well, that's what we did this while ago. We came up with this challenge called the one chop, one kill um, yeah. with wood chopping. That, and that honestly is like, anyone. It seems ridiculous, but that's some of the more successful shit that we've done. Just posting people chopping wood. Yeah, people suck at chopping wood. Oh, dude, I did terrible. The first time I tried to chop a piece of wood at your house, I like I completely missed the wood. I think, or I hit like the side, and it almost came back and hit me. It was terrifying. Dude, we had a girl cry one time because we were like, "Come on, do it!" And she was like, "I don't want to." And we're like, "Come on, do it!" And then afterwards, she was like very upset. I didn't feel comfortable. Cole, weren't like, you? Oh, I was there. Yeah, did, didn't you lose the bet? So you, uh, Hunter, had to bang on the stump, got all the red ants in there, and you had to put your hand on the stump for X amount of time. And what? 
have the red ants hit you? Yeah, I didn't actually lose the bet though. You mm. did lose the bet. Uh, I don't. So, so the bet of this one was. So this wasn't really like a bet. It was whoever could do the most weight of a hang uh, power clean. And I think we tied at two. We tied, but then you had to have lost something. Oh, I think we just did rock paper scissors. We must have. I can't remember, but I think it. Was, I think we just did rock paper scissors because we tied. That's Cole's hand. Oh. Look closely. Those are fire ants. Yeah, it was so painful. Dude, I don't know what the hell is going on, but this mountain, specifically where I live, has fire ants that live under this stump. And I've lived in this home for two years, and they still live in this stump. And that's <laughs> cool. Well, dude, so that's what I'm talking about. Like, this is the stuff that we did for, like, the longest time. Um we did for like the longest time living together. We would do all these bets. And I'm just like, if we had filmed that stuff, like I, you don't have to film everything that you do, but if you are a content producer, like we are these days, man, it would have been a game changer. You, you need to repost that video. Um, I wasn't there, but it's you, you go up to Matt when he's in this the pool, pool. With this bug in your hand and you rock, paper, scissors, loser has to eat the bug. And it is the grossest looking bug I've ever seen. I don't know where this video is, but I saw it like years and years ago. Yeah, you posted oh, yeah. that as a as a flashback. It said, "Hey, you know, ten years ago today." But I don't think we ever got part two. We we saw part one of you in yeah. an Olympic swimming pool, and you're like, "All right, you got to make it outside." Yeah, yeah, that video happened, but I never see him saw him eat it. Oh, you didn't? Okay, because part two, he was outside and he was gnawing into this thing, and he couldn't eat it all in like one go. So he was like, mm. he was taking like chunks out of it. Mm. So we have about a half dozen iPhones. Like I just showed you another one. I have three over here. We have a half dozen iPhones of content that is just like there is a gold mine. I'm going to have um, our media team go through it and pull all this stuff off and it might be on there. But if you want to see that specific video, you got to go to Facebook. And the reason why I've never posted um, section two is because it got so much worse after that, meaning like it wasn't entertaining. Matt just kept on panicking at a higher and higher level. <laughs> and did not want to eat these bugs. And I was like, man, this is just sad now because like, I'm forcing him to do it. I'm like, you know you've lost this bet, Matt. You know you're going to eat this bug. And at one point, he was so anxious, he climbed on top of like like a weird like fence and was like crouched down like a golem. It got real weird. Matt deserves to have better images of him on the internet than that. Oh, man. So... I guess the thing is like now you're in high rocks. Now you're in a bunch of different things. I, uh, before we get out of this chapter though, you just recently got engaged and like, you know, as cold daddy, the cold daddy I know is one of the most adventurous guy. Like you're the dude who just like pick up and go to Asia. You just up and go to Europe. You just up and go everywhere. Like you had this very kind of um, transient fun lifestyle didn't seem like anything was tying you to the ground. Not like you were being irresponsible, but you were one of the more well-traveled people that I know of. And now you're engaged and now you've moved to San Diego and now you've got like a big boy job. And I say this to people often, like Cole was one of the people that was living with us in this Peter Pan life where it was just a bunch of boys in a house on air mattresses, no responsibility, um, bets where you're eating bugs. And What's that like, like transitioning into kind of like that that next level of being a boy to a man? Um, 
I don't know. It's like, I think it's just like a natural progression, but I don't know. It's still cool that you still have like your cabin and we can still kind of go back to those days, even if we're not going to like live together like permanently anymore. Which breaks my heart. Yeah. Yeah. No. I think I'm the last man standing. I bet you Kempson will probably lock it down within the next six months. Probably. Yeah. And not that I wouldn't, but I just don't I don't see that transition happening. Is, was there a light switch that went off? You're like, oh yeah. How long did it take you to know that you were gonna propose to Abby? Like into the relationship, probably like t- a little over two years. So it wasn't like an immediate thing. What was the day? Was it like were you sitting there talking to somebody or were you just like I should probably get engaged to this girl if I keep on doing this. Yeah, it's more like that. It's like at a certain point, you're like, it makes no sense to continue it in the relationship if you don't like see like a like a future with it. And it was probably like we we had just gone to um, we just went for like a five day trip to like Oahu and just had like a great time and everything. And I was like, yeah, we can keep doing this forever. I got to lock this down. Yeah. How old are you? 20 almost 27 so 26 wow i thought i was gonna get married by 25 yeah when i was younger i was like why not get this done early i thought i was gonna have kids by the time i was 26 yeah like that's how like when i was like probably 20 i'm like how old like 26 i'll probably have kids that's what i thought how old was dom when he had you and when he had me, my dad had me when I was 27, but he had my sister when he was, I think, 25. That's so, nice. yeah, my whole family is, like, pretty young. And then my uh, my grandma had my dad when she was 18. So my grandma's only, like, 73. Um, so, yeah, we have, like, a pretty young, like, family. And my sister, who's 27, she already has two kids. So, um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. That's nuts. Yeah. I mean, I I love your dad, by the way. He's yeah. my favorite. He's my favorite dad in the business. Cole, Cole, if Cole was like half as cool as Dom, he'd probably have his own podcast too. His dad would come by and hang out with us and just kick back, shoot the shit, tell stories. He was the most like involved dad of any dad that I've known in the sport. And he just could sit there and hang out and appreciate that like it didn't seem like there was this level above like you know when there's just clearly like this hierarchy of like father figure and son your dad doesn't do that yeah no he loved hanging out he loved coming to the house and stuff in boulder that was awesome dude i tell dom that i still use the blanket that he gave me all the time he gave you a blanket (laughs) yeah your dad crashed in my room and like his gift for like him staying in my room while i was gone was he gave me a blanket and I was like, oh, okay. okay. And like, it's one of these kind of weird things that it's just traveled with me throughout time. It was only like three, four years ago, but it's traveled with me throughout time. And it's on our couch here at the cabin now. Good. I'm glad he could give you a safety blanket. It is. It's it's like one of those small ones. It's like a Baba blanket. It's not like a full side blanket. It's just like perfect enough to just like kind of get wrapped up in. Yeah. You gnaw on it while you're sleeping. Good. Yeah. Okay. So current day, cold yeah. daddy. Now you're like Cold Daddy 2000. You've leveled up from the regular basic ass Cold Daddy. Um, you're a grown ass man. You've got your own place down in San Diego. You're engaged. I think 
27, 28 is when I started to see this extremely vertical uptick in my performances. So I don't know where you're planning on going with this, but I figured I'd ask like, because I did a Q&A um, with people online to ask questions about Cold Daddy. And a lot of them have to do with your participation in Go Rock. Everyone's fascinated by this. Mm-hmm. What's next? What's next for Cold Daddy? Like, I mean, are you going to, to really level up and get more competitive? Or do you think that you're going to find new ventures? Or do you think you're going to be retired? So, uh, okay. So in the next three weeks, um, so in like the very short term, it's I am going to set the record for that Battle Bunker obstacle course. Which, uh, for Yeah. Uh, so I just did it this past week and I ran 456. So eight seconds off the record, which, which is uh, blazing, by the way. What dude, you, what what held you up? So, uh, so last time I did it, and I don't know if you can see, I like, I like tore the shit out of my like calf on the Tyrolean Traverse. Idiot. And this was like four weeks ago. So this time I was like, all right, I'm not doing that. I'm putting a, um, and I found the fastest way to do it is you put both feet up and you just pull as hard as, as fast as you can with your arms. And so I wore this like sleeve that's meant for like when you're like rope doing rope climbs and like CrossFit or something. And I put that on and I started pulling myself and it just got completely caught and started like getting all wrapped around, like getting pushed down. And I had to like take my feet off and then like readjust. And it didn't take long, but I lost three to five seconds there. And then the rest of the course, um, the only things that really held me up was I got to the rope climb and I, my feet slipped on one, one, one time when I was trying to um, do like a J hook and they slipped a little bit there and I lost probably one to two seconds. And then the last obstacle, I just didn't like, I, I thought I was like five minutes and 30 seconds. Like um, I'll be on Austin, I think might've been telling me my time, but I couldn't really hear him. So I wasn't, I didn't like jump up really quickly on the last obstacle. And then when I was like, near like the very end of the obstacle basically because you do like these monkey bars and then you basically have to do a muscle up and then you finish right before i was about to do the muscle up he says 449 like probably like two seconds before i got to that section so i didn't know i was that close to the record that's brutal dude yeah this is so this is this is like the new broken skull ranch dude you gotta go get that time Dude, it's it's a brutal course, and then I, I he's gonna send me the footage because I didn't have anyone filming me besides his camera crew. But he said he'd send me the footage because I need to kind of now I need to like go through the footage and figure out hey like where did where can I make up time? But based on like in my head, I think I can run in three weeks. I think the best time I can get is about a four twenty five on this course. So I think there's a 30, I think there's 30 seconds there. I left so on the compete, table. Competing in Battle Bunker, like you need to make as much time as you can going through that first lane. It is not challenging at all. Then no. going through the cargo nets, then you need to kind of really control yourself for a second there doing the sandbag drag. And then getting up on the tie railing traverse, just like it's managing it. And then you can gun it again. Like you're just going up and over a fence, doing a little swing, go, go, go. Monkey bars, gun, gun, gun. Go up, go up over top of the thing, come down the cargo net. Now you have to manage yourself again going through the weaver. And then you can start these next sections right here are not really speedy. It's just like, don't fuck up it, fuck it up. And then you have to gun those last two obstacles. Like you have to just have so much guts 
And I think that's the thing that I recognize. Like I watch so many people going through it. And I designed this course so that it was a speed, a speed, moderate intensity, and then all of a sudden, like the hardest obstacles we could possibly put in the last lane. So yeah. if you do not gun that first lane, dude, you, you don't have a chance. And it's not the kind of thing that's so aerobically involved that it's going to kill you. You just have to be efficient. You can't hold up any time whatsoever. And I think it's going to be one of these kind of things that you could be a very, very competitive and instrumental person in like the development of high, uh, not high rocks battle bunker. If you get a high score in the beginning, I think mm -hmm. having a high score in the beginning is going to be crazy because a lot of people are going to come out and your name's going to keep on getting repeated over and over and over again. And then I think there's going to be this wave of people that come through um, that are going to start to chop down the times. And I think it's very physically possible for a lot of people, you know, at least a dozen people that I know to get into that 430 range. Is it all going to to finish Battle Bunker uh, in the future? Like when you guys hold these competitions, is is the first two events going to be uh, of the day outside, and then it will all finish at the Hypercon course? I don't think Austin's going to get upset with me for saying this. Like that stage that you just developed, um, it's it's not exactly what our storyline is going to look like. We are going to go through similar to many sports where we are going to have like we're going to do a mass participation like we're going to do opens we're going to do regionals and then we're going to do the championship we're going to try to start to structure this thing and we're also going to try to globalize this thing so that people are starting to understand the kind of competition that we're presenting and the championship is going to look so different from what you guys see on the 1.0 level to like the 10.0 level that mm -hmm. me even trying to explain it right now will kind of confuse people in this storyline of what we're trying to produce but understand that like what you saw last year was or this year technically but season one was just the seed that we needed to put into the ground like we self-funded this thing when i say we i want to be totally honest austin self-funded it i funded it with my time and showing up and making sure that like we did this thing but now we are developing it with sponsors and everything and the level that we're going to give back to the athletes and the professionalism and the opportunities that we're going to present is going to be so much, so much bigger. But we needed to plant the seed. We needed to do it on like, you know, the equipment that we were buying was from Amazon. The judges we were getting were from just like volunteers from offline. The equipment, the timeline, the cameras, everything like that, even though it was as high quality as we could do. It is going to be infinitely better as we go on. And what you saw, like, and I want you guys to understand, like, that course is going to be around. Like, that is part of our storyline, but it's not the defining feature of what Battle Bunker is. Yeah, Austin already said, you know, he kind of gave a little preview. He was talking about how now it's like open tryouts, open yep. times yep. to try to make next year's event. Yeah, also, like, I want people to understand, like, last year we did, like, we, anybody who kind of threw their name in the hat had a pretty high level opportunity to get into it. Like if you guys want to be a participant at Battle Bunker Season 2.0, you're going to have to bring yourself into the pipeline early on. Like make sure that you participate. Make sure that you get involved in it because you need to get points on the board so you can potentially get into the higher levels of competition. So like we are going to announce things pretty soon so that everybody knows what we're doing and I, that there's no like confusion. Um and also we have enough like runway so that people, you know, can get involved. So uh, cold daddy, like, um, I know that you're planning on doing go ruck. Like 
if you're in shape for Go Rock or a High Rocks, you're going to be in shape for what we're doing, which is going to yeah. be the all-encompassing, well-rounded athlete. Like Cole was asking me the other day, he's like, I don't know what to get in shape for. Um, and I was like, if you get in shape for one thing, you're going to be in shape for everything. Mm. Is You could probably do that with Ultimate Engine. Yeah. Yeah. Our training program. Cole, how do you develop your training? I was going to ask you this. I know you you had your own training program for a while. Have you ever had coaches? Have you ever – what's been your yeah. setup? Um, so running-wise, like I had like just like early on, like in high school, I had some of the best coaches like like around, like just super smart, like, you know, dudes kind of like you who would like, you know, read everything and just kind of like knew a bunch. Like my coach in high school, um, when he was in high school, he ran an 852 mile on a dirt track. Like, dude was, like, an absolute stud. He went on to be the captain at Stanford and then went on to run pro after that. So to have, like, someone of that level to be your high school coach, you definitely learned a lot. So I had, like, four years where I just, like, learned a lot about how you develop, like, a running program when it comes to, um, you know, an off-season, in-season, like, you know, how to create, like, workouts, you know, tempo runs, intervals, all that kind of stuff. Um, but right now I basically, to get ready for any competition, I just kind of look at how many weeks out I am from that competition and then build out, um, build out like a plan based on like my weaknesses and then kind of put in like deloads in there. Um, and that's where do you pull your inspiration and knowledge from? Like you had that person. I know you've always been really strong. Like you can power clean, squat clean in the 300s. Like you've always been a really, really fit guy. But how do you structure it all together? Like, is it is have you read on other people's things? Is it always kind of just testing and learning as you go? I guess it's testing and learning. And then like Ian uh, Hosek trained me for a while, learned a bunch from him. And then same with Ryan Kempson. And um, and then I worked at um, an Olympic training facility with like or not Olympic training, uh, like uh, Olympic lifting gym with this like crazy good coach. Um, so I got really good at like Olympic lifting. And then I guess I've just tied it all together just myself. Just, um, I don't know. I think you got to race a good amount so you know what your weaknesses are and then kind of like attack them in that in that way. And that's what's worked for the best for me. Yeah. So this is something that I always, like, I, I have this conversation with, with my clients. And, like, I wonder if you approach it the same way. So, so something like High Rocks or even like a Go Ruck or Battle Bunker, do you – understand the difference between like running training it's kind of like the conversation we have with supplements and hybrid running training and like how the difference of the two of them like you know you can't take the approach that runners take isolated to running otherwise you're going to have the results that isolated running um, provides mm-hmm. so like, are you are you saying just like if say you're training for high rocks and you're saying you just did a running program and then you go into the gym and you do like some sled work, some squats and stuff uh, compared to um, doing some running and then also doing some like mixed modality work, like doing some running into sled work and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. Taking like Jack Daniels running method 2.0 or something like that and taking his book and getting a plan out of there and then all of a sudden be like, okay, this is the plan that I'm going to follow now. And then all of a sudden just adding in what you want in the gym is not it's not a program for the sports that we do. It doesn't make sense. Um, and like, I have that conversation with my clients all the time. They're like, I want to increase my running pace. I want to increase my running pace. 
And they want to do that. And then you focus on this, but then all of a sudden it pulls and detracts away from this section of your performances. Yeah. So are you one of these kind of people that trains one of them in isolation? You train both of them together. Like what, what's your game plan for getting better? Because like for you, I would probably say if you can increase your running capacity, you probably have a more competitive time than a lot of these things. Yeah. And I, I definitely knew that. So that's why I focus on the running independently. Like I like, when I'm getting ready for high rocks, I have like this like three to five mile like tempo run that I do almost every single week so that I can kind of gauge my progress over time on that. And then once a week I do some sort of um, combin like combination where like I'm on the treadmill, you know, putting it like sub six minute mile pace straight into like a skier or into a sled push and then that kind of stuff. But I only do that like once per week and then the other days are going to be um, like running will be done independently so I can really focus on it and that it can like, I can get better at it. Cause if I just keep doing like compromise work, um, like running and strength to stuff together, it detracts from how good I could be at running, which is what I need to get better at. Cold daddy. We're going to sponsor you with a, a free membership at house training. We're going to give you the ultimate engine. Okay. We're going to help you out. Cold daddy. So right. if you had to put it out there, like, let's just call your shots because we're at the 60 minute mark and this is where we start to exit what are you going after this year what are your results going to be who are you going to stuff in the face um let's get some of that stuff out there because i love trash talk and i love to have you know i want to hear what it's all about so we can hold you accountable so in three weeks uh january 8th is going to be battle bunker so goal there is set the record but um, ultimate goal would be sub 440 down to the 430, low 430. If I break th 430, that would be like awesome. So okay, so battle bunker. We're putting yeah. this down. Battle yeah, yeah. bunker win. Battle bunker. And then after that, the um, then just focus to go rock games. And starting in February, I'm gonna start uh, training. There's a gym over here. Do you know you know who Jocko is? Yeah, Jocko Wilnick. Yeah, he owns a gym, uh, a jujitsu gym over here, and I like looked it up, and he's got like all like the best trainers. So um, then I'm gonna do a couple days a week going there and just doing um, no gi um, jujitsu to get ready for um, go ruck because they did say that there's going to be um, grappling at the end. And my Again, goal is season two. Yep. Yeah, and my goal, uh, my focus is I'm gonna be. At, in the final two and my goal is to win. So that's why. Oh, I, go rug games win. Yeah. I'm trying to win go rug games. So let's just say you and I get into the finals. Do you think you're going to beat me in a wrestling match? Well, I don't know. Are you going to be practicing? <laughs> Dude, I pick up stumps that are twice the size of you and chuck them like pieces of cotton candy. It's good. It's if you and I end up in the finals, I will literally lose a couple points just so that I can get the perfect grip on you and then literally get you up overhead and then drop you down on the mat. You can't lift me up. Dude, are you kidding me, dude? Look at these bear paws right here. I will literally grab you. I'm going to oil check you. I'm going to chuck a finger in the b-hole, get that extra grip, and then lift you up, dude. It will be the hook grip. I'm going to grease myself up beforehand. You're not going to be able to get your hands around That's true, me. dude. If you put some Crisco in between yeah. that crack, there's no way I'm going to get the grip that I want. <laughs> okay, so go rock win. Okay, yeah. That only brings you up to April. What else do you got? And then from there, I'll if I win go rock, I will be in crazy good fitness, and I can take you know week two week a week or two off and then get ready for um the battle bunker series that's coming out which once there's more information about it like then i'll kind of know like 
what I need to train for for that. But for like right now, you know, we did go rug games last year, so we know kind of what they do in that event. And it's just a, you just got to build up a crazy amount of volume and then kind of refine with some pretty good um, strength numbers and then pretty, get pretty good at that, like that five to eight minute time domain. Let's put some strength stats out here. What do you want to get in strength? Give me some good strength numbers because I'm going to hold you accountable on this. I got it on my notepad. Um, So I think for that, like. Come on. Do you want like a 315 pound bench, a 300 pound clean again? Give me some things you're going to try to I would hit say, Yeah, yeah. I, I would like to get up to like a 300 pound bench um, and then maintain a 300 pound clean and get up to like a 280 pound power clean. And then um, my worst movement is strict shoulder press. I've only got it up to 155, so 175. What? Yeah, dude. dude I, I like, shoulder press 215. Do you really? I, I don't know because in the CrossFit games, they were doing like 205, 215, like 215. That's the thing that I thought. Like I can deadlift more than most of these guys. I can strict press more than most of these guys. Like I have a lot of like really good grunt strength, but yeah. it's like it's all like the, oh, no, split jerk it and stuff. Like I never was great technique. at that. Yeah. yeah, the technique. Yeah, so that's where like, I don't For me, it's just I've always been terrible. And a lot of it is I broke my arm, so my arm just doesn't lock out very well. And so it just takes a lot more force to get it to lock out. So anything overhead just sucks. Um, but last year we had that like event where we just hold, we held that sandbag over our head and uh, you messed up on it, but I was even, you, I got out before you. It was I have a bad, I, I have a bad shoulder. Yeah. So um, I'd like to like those numbers would probably be like the biggest ones that I think would help the most. And then basically doing like a crap ton of farmer carries. Because you want to be a farmer. Yes. I'm, it's pretty lucrative, so that's exactly. I'll be Cole, honest. How, I don't did you fare, how did you fare with uh, holding holding the Go Ruck? I think it, they, they call it like a sandbag, uh, but it's basically a farmer carry, and then you chuck it behind your head. Oh, the, the bag toss? Yeah. So they didn't give us any numbers. I thought I was probably like middle to high of the pack based on my throw, and then I watched everyone else's throws. Like, it was decent. Um, but they didn't tell us who won. Mm. Like, we don't even know if Hunter won that event. Like, I don't know. I think Mac made it, might have won it. You it did win the pull up contest. Yeah, I did win the pull ups and I uh ripped up my hands really bad. And that sucked. You beat but, me by two, you piece of shit. So, is it better for those go rut games to like get first place in each one, or is it more of a you just have to place so you don't totally cash out all your energy, like just place within the top five? That way you have grip strength, you have uh, just overall endurance, and, and you're not burning yourself out by getting first place in one event and just sucking in the rest of them. A lot of the events didn't take like that much energy. Like You can go all out and try to get first place, and you would have been fine for the next one. Um, so everything but the first event, which is that 12-mile rock, oh my uh, God. I should have just walked it and then had energy for the rest of the – um the weekend but we didn't know that we didn't know how everything was weighted yeah i believe in dominance yeah put fear in the eyes of your competitor yeah i did and like everyone saw it after the first year and people were excited so i think a lot of people are going to try to come back and um, more people are going to come to the um second version of this thing which you told me you're not coming but now now that as i'm talking 
you're getting all excited. So it sounds like you've already got it. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm, so, uh, I'm retired. Yeah, you keep saying that, and you told me that you weren't going to come. So, uh, but it sounds like you are going to compete this year, then. Well, dude, I'm out of High Rocks. I I didn't compete in LA, so that 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 takes me out of High Rocks for the year. Yeah, well, yeah, but this is like different, and I don't know. This is pretty good. It's fifteen thousand dollars for the win, and they said if you compete in their gear the whole time, you win an extra fifty percent. So if you compete in Go Rock shoes and gear, you could win twenty two k, which is the biggest payday of any uh, event in um, OCR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I ain't gonna do that. I'm not gonna say it's like massive, but it's like it's pretty decent, especially for like one weekend. You know what sucks? So Austin and I were trying to watch the footage. I showed up to Spartan Games 2.0 and everyone's wearing their Spartan gear that they gave them. I would be in pink shorts and a coonskin hat the entire time. Like I specifically wore the weirdest outfits I could to totally tank their footage. Yeah. And they didn't show me almost at all. I mean, they called my bluff. Like I went in there to fucking sabotage them. They're like, all right, cool. We're just not going to show Hunter on camera. And I was like, damn it. Mm-hmm. Damn it! It would have been so good to see everyone's in these like perfect sequence black puff jackets and black pants and Spartan hats, and then there's Hunter in a bomber jacket with UGG boots on and pink <laughs> Puma shorts and a coonskin hat. So what you're saying is you're not going for the extra fifty percent, the extra seven thousand. If you win Go Rug Games, you're not going to try to get that extra seven thousand dollars. If I go to the Go Rug Games, I'm going to wear, um, you know, like my like my like uh, like those like khaki shorts I like to wear. I'm not going to wear any I underwear so that the, the beef is dangling. No. And I basically, I'm going to wear the weirdest shit. I'll compete against you guys in a coonskin hat, and I will take blood. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. And on that note, I feel pretty good. I feel yeah. pretty good about this show. I appreciate you coming on at short okay. notice. Yeah, you, uh, um, Hunter texted me. I woke up at seven o'clock and Hunter had texted me like seven minutes earlier and asked if I wanted to be on this. And I'm like, sure. So we're on at 7 30. So that's the way to do it. Listen, boy, that's how we do it here. All right, guys, anybody who's listened to this, I just want to say thank you guys for staying tuned in for this long. It's been amazing. Cold Daddy, you've been a fascinating guest. Um, if you guys are interested in what we're doing, uh, we have a lot going on at House Training. We are launching the Ultimate Engine program starting January 2nd. That is the program that I designed for athletes and myself specifically to peak for events like Go Ruck, for peak for events like High Rocks World Championships. It is this program that allows you to do it all. I feel like if you get in absolutely awesome shape, you can point in any direction and kick anybody's ass. So if you're into a program like this, it's going to be an awesome opportunity. We'd love to have you on board. Um, we're certainly going to make sure that Cole daddy has one because we want to make sure that he hits all of these goals. Cause you have some high marks up there, Cole. And if you guys are interested in what we're doing on the nutritional side of things, guys, we'd love if you joined our, um, our company for builder sports. And we are making sure to put out the best products on the market for athletes that are doing events like this. Uh, so thank you guys so much for support and thanks for tuning into the show. Cole daddy. Thanks for showing up, Ryan, my thank thug you. love to you, homie. And then we're over and out. Sure. See you, Ryan. See you. Bye-bye, Cole.